Yes, if I don't I don't Here's what I think about drinking. Well, I got it. Even if you're trying to keep a lightheartache, there's a reason. It's a reality. All right, so in five, four, three, two. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode 23 of Cali Brick Click on the new channel. And before we get into introductions, as always, you can find us in anywhere you can find Apple Podcast, or Apple Podcast, Podcast, like Apple Podcast, Spotify, and we'll check it out. As of yesterday, iHeartRadio, I got it on there. <laughs> we're, we're surprising getting some serious trend like on, on those platforms, which may be hurting us here. But either way, it's <laughs> people are listening to it and it's growing day by day, which is a good thing. Slow, but still growing. But as always, we have Ninja. He's still asleep. We have Claire, the plastic Never. architect. <laughs> yeah, he's semi-awake. And then, well, this guy should not be. He's well into the afternoon at this point. We have Greg, a.k.a. Brickatech. How's it going, dude? Good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, dude. Welcome. Uh, and, yeah, so how's everybody doing this past week? Good. I bought way too much Lego. Yeah, you did. Uh, I bought... Can we talk about your upload? Oh, my God. That was... Can we talk about the upload right quick? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let's do it. Go, come on. Let's talk. I know I didn't, I didn't, we didn't discuss it before, but if, for those of you who are listening right now, Claire uploaded a raw video on her channel by accident. Now, when I was <laughs> listening to this thing, I thought she was going through some artistic new thing that like she was just trying to like rebel against all the YouTubers out there and just upload it like just raw and unedited, no music, no cuts, just straight setting up all the way to the end. And then nothing happened. So then I realized it was a mistake after literally watching the whole thing. Twice. <laughs> Didn't you tell me you watched I it? I watched twice? it twice because I wanted so to I figure like, out what different. the message was. <laughs> Thank you so much for thinking that I would never do something like that intentionally. <laughs> um, it was really mortifying when I like uploaded it and well, first uh like Tommy, one of one of our friends sent me a message on Discord and was like, Hey, I don't I don't know if I got the joke. Like, you know, he was like, I'm sorry. Like he was very like you know, he didn't want to assume that I had made a mistake, even though it was like obviously trash content. But like, and then I was like shaking while I was like taking it off because I didn't know what was on there. I didn't know if I said anything. Like, if I didn't know if I said Sansa's real name, I don't like. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many things I could have said, and I don't even know if I was wearing pants in the video. You know, like, there's just, like, so many things that I could have messed up. And so, like, no, I, I definitely, I think I was. But like, do you know what I mean? Like, I was all over the place, and then I ended up, I ended up like watching it on double time and like skipping through it to like see what it was and it was just like one of like 10 things and so like if you make content edited content you know that like you film all sorts of weird stuff to like clip together sometimes I don't know that's my style of doing it like and I, I saw a comment on there from like Keel and was like I felt like I was hi watching this or something like that like he, like he was going through some kind of trip watching my raw footage <laughs> So this is my formal. I might. I think I'm gonna do an apology video, guys. I think I have no, to. Do you read no, it could be worse. <laughs> Did you guys hear about that story a while ago, where the girl and her dog were like a, a pair, and they were like perfect together, and mm -hmm. then the girl accidentally uploaded the raw video of her like abusing her dog. Oh no! And it's just like, oh, but I mean, it's good that got out. But man, it could have been a lot worse. You could. Who knows what you could have done? <laughs> yeah, yes that's so it's totally true i i don't know i mean like yeah people could know the real me i guess no but it was, it was <laughs> the pantsless it, one exactly the pantsless. so what so, is the lesson learned here um 
review your footage or like review your video before you click pu uh, public or publish or schedule or anything like that. <laughs> so I had it happened. I, it's okay. Yeah, Mercury was in retrograde. I was having all sorts of technical issues like all day. I don't even understand what that means. I mean, I do, but I don't believe that it's true. But yeah, it was. Was it just you clicked on the wrong video or like? No, so basically it started out like, uh, you know, I couldn't transfer over like files properly into the my editing software. And so it like it couldn't like uh, render out properly. So it took me two to three hours extra to just finally finish editing it. So I was all flustered. And then the way that it exported wasn't correct. And I just uploaded what it exported and without even like uh, thinking about it, you know, yeah. I monetized this, you know, rough crap footage, you know, it was great. <laughs> and then, like, Anyway, it was and yeah, so and then but you know, I kept complaining and I like felt so sorry for myself myself all the rest of the day i was so pathetic and then like sans goes and spills like by accident soda on his laptop and now the oh, laptop no. can't recognize doesn't even know it has a hard drive and he doesn't have backups anywhere from the last three years so that put everything into perspective so i'm fine everything's great we have to go to best buy today to like see if we can get that fixed lesson learned there for, yeah. for him Yes. I think the worst part is when people realize it takes you 20 tries to do your introduction. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, I was just trying to say hello and welcome back. And you did. Or like it. how often I fix my hair and look at myself in the viewfinder. Oh. Like that's yeah, what no, I was no, the Fixing your hair. Like that's what I, I thought you were doing something artistic. And like it, it felt like a protest. Like that's what it felt like. I'm like, okay, this is cool. Something's going to happen. And then a minute after the you're done talking and you left the screen, I'll just like, okay, this was an accident. <laughs> yeah, I think no, anyone I think... that's ever made a YouTube video feels your pain right now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. <laughs> anyway, that was that was that was this week. Mm. I but in the same in the same like you know vein, I also bought like all like the new Harry Potter that everyone is awesome and a bunch of other stuff which was supposed to be in my video yesterday, so I can't really talk about it anymore. <laughs> Are you redoing that video? It's getting uploaded like now. Yeah, it's scheduled now. So okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So how how else did anyone else buy anything this past week? Uh, I went to Target to find the uh, Speed Champs, and they didn't have them. They didn't have them. The one I want, some it's been delayed. The Bronco one. Mm. They have them Which, online. No, it was it was accidentally released online for the United States, and then. Yeah, so if you're able to click order and it went through for if you're in the United States, they're gonna honor it by sending out in June 18th. But if you didn't, then it's you have to wait till August or whenever the rest of them come out. But um, yeah, because when I went to my about? local Lego store, they that's what they said that oh, okay. that's been happening. So that's the only Speed Champion set that's been delayed for some reason. They have it on Walmart.com. Are you able to order it and send it to your like yeah. send it to yourself? Mm -hmm. Oh well then. Hmm. I was, hmm. I was just like contemplating if I want the points or if I just want to get it. Damn these points! <laughs> Damn yeah. these points! You gotta get that Damn two dollars off. Just gotta, you gotta get it. No, no. What nah, about you, Greg? I mean, <laughs> I'm actually trying to resist. I've got my backlog down to like one shelf, and I've committed it's never going beyond that. But now I have sets like going on the floor beside the shelf. So I feel like the worst thing I could do right now is go out and buy more sets. Right. Getting <laughs> mad. <laughs> I have to yeah, do another whole video, guys. <laughs> see, it's not a bad thing. That's what. That's how I felt when I seen they weren't on the shelves. I was like, you know what? It's cool. I'll wait. And then someone I, sent me a message on Instagram, like, "Oh, they're online." I was like, "Oh crap." <laughs> so that's the problem. Yeah. 
I mean, I think I've been doing pretty well. Yesterday, Brickmania had a mad minute sale, which means like everything on the site's like 20% off, which is like <gasps> the best time to ever buy anything from them. And I didn't buy anything. Like I had stuff in my cart and I was like, all I got to do is just hit order. And I did it. That's nice. a big deal. That's what I like to hear. That's you know, a painful that, hard that was. It's like, <laughs> what I got to do? <laughs> what do I got to do? What do I got to sell? But your yeah. backlog is as bad as mine is, though. I think we need oh, to no, get our Bugattis bad. built. That's something like the worst thing in mine is the Bugatti. So if you want to do like a joint thing, we could do. Yeah, that. dude. I have a week. Which uh, oh, that's uh, it'll take me a month to build it. But <laughs> well, speaking of which, um, yeah, if we were to do something like that, I think I have a week left until I start a week and a half until I start my new job. Because hot take, I actually put in my two weeks last Friday, and it just said screw it on Saturday. I'm done. <laughs> I no longer am employed by the United States Postal Service. Congratulations. Oh my God. That weight lifted from my shoulders was amazing. But see, look, check it. You know, the past couple episodes where I've been talking about this, actually, like a good quarter of the episodes, I've been talking about how much my life kind of sucks in the, at the workspace. Um, these past three days, I, I I put in my two weeks on Friday. Oh, the best. I, I got to share this here. I, I have to share this. Best quitting story ever. Uh-oh. Let's, let's hear it. So for those of you that weren't paying attention to the previous episodes, I had a mental crash three Fridays ago now. Um, so I called out that day. And then when I came in on Monday, I couldn't provide a doctor's note because I couldn't go to the doctor yet. Um, but at that same time, uh, I had to take my son to the doctor because he had a brown recluse bite. So I requested to leave early, which I wasn't able to leave as early as I needed to to make the appointment. Another another story at a different time. And then I requested time off, maybe like half a day off on that Thursday. That Thursday, I had a write-up for my attendance. And it was the first write-up I ever had from the post office. And it was for my attendance in which I have never called out except for once when my dog died. The four times I requested time off, I'd never gotten. That's my son, daughter's birthday, Memorial Day. And when I decided to get the COVID vaccine, which I had a, which is weird. I had to make a stink out loud saying, you don't want me to get the COVID vaccine? And then that's when they gave it to me. Um, and then I'm never late. I'm there 15 minutes early every day, working six days a week, 10 days in a row before I get a day off. And for them to give me a write-up from my attendance was the final straw of my annoyance for working for them. Mm-hmm. And that was like, that was it. That was the, I'm done. I'm done working here. So I took literally after that day, I got that write up. I didn't show up for work for two weeks. So if they want to write me up for my attendance, there you go. I am not going to be here for two weeks due to mental stress. So I was talking, to, I was getting help, counseling, psychiatry, psychiatrist. My meds were also not replenished. So that kind of made things worse. So my doctor pretty much said, I can sign off for everything. Just let me know what you need. Do you want the time off from work? I can give you that. You can have, you can only work, if you want to only work 40 hours a week, I can make that happen. You can have weekends off, whatever you want. And I was just in my mind, no, I'm done. I can just appreciate that letter and that'll be nice. And if you can excuse me for upcoming appointments, I'm going to have one to put in my two weeks. So she wrote all that stuff. So when I came in that Monday, oh no, sorry, that Friday, well, this past Friday, I handed them, I went to my boss who I have issues with. Here's my letter excusing me for the past two weeks. Here's my other letter excusing me for any needed medical attention that I need for these upcoming weeks. Oh, and here's my two weeks resignation. (laughs) And her face was priceless. Effective immediately. I was just like, that was the biggest like mic drop. (laughs) 
<laughs> I could ever do in my career. So then I walked away and then went to my case, started doing my thing. And then like people were like, wait, are you serious? I just heard you were quitting. And then one by one, I was like, yeah, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. This is this is it. They're like, no, don't leave. You, you, you're amazing. Well, blah, blah, blah. This is from leadership. And then not only that, but like peers and regular carriers who I respect, by the way, have all come up to me and be like, are you, are you serious about this? And I'm like, yeah, I don't care about the benefits. I'm, I'm done. I don't care about the pension. I don't care about the medical stuff. I'm, I'm good. I don't want to be here. If this is going to be my life for the next 20 something years, I, I'm not looking forward to that. You guys all know what I want. I just wanted an extra day off maybe every other week and I never got that. So I'm done. And then <laughs> that day they sent me to do another, I have my normal six hour route. They sent me to do another four hours at another office. So they gave me extra work that day, knowing that I'm going to quit. I don't think that's wise to <laughs> someone can just easily just walk out and not care. So I, I, I did, I did my route and I did the four hours in. So that's what 10 hours worth of work a delivery mail. I finished it in five hours. So that was another mic drop. Like this is what you're losing later. And then that Saturday I was pretty much just kind of waiting in line, like waiting in line to clock in. And the carriers were like, why are you still here? Just quit. (laughs) I'm like, I'm here because of you. I'm here because if I'm not here, you're short five routes. You need my help. They're like, I know we need your help. We know you need your, we, we know we need you. But honestly, you're just helping the supervisors. You're not helping us because you're helping their numbers. And I'm like, good point. Hey, uh, Dolly, I'm I'm done <laughs> after today. This is gonna be, oh, tomorrow will be my last day. <laughs> so I did that. I accomplished that, which was was cool. I, I went back to I worked one more day at our main office to do like Sunday deliveries, like FedEx and UPS. That's what we do on Sundays. And the reason why I did it this way is because the CCAs or which which are like my peers. They are going through hell too. So I'm not the only one suffering. They're suffering just as bad as I am. And they covered me for the past two weeks. So I was like, you know what? I started doing that as my first day. This is how I'm going to end doing this on, on my last day. And it was very nostalgic. Like I, I did my route and it's, I decided to help somebody on Saturday after I was finished with mine just to, you know, hey, thanks guys for, for always having my back. Let me help you out. I did my last loop and delivered my last piece of mail. And I literally almost teared up. Like, it was very sad for me. Like, I was, I thought I was going to be doing this for a long time. I enjoyed doing this and, like, delivering that last piece. And I was, the thing is, I was really good at it. Gangster time. Um, I was really good at it. So, it was just, like, it was very, like, okay. <laughs> I guess this is the end of a new era. And then same thing for, you know, Sunday when I delivered my last parcel after knocking it out really quick. I was just, like, man, this is this is it. And the best part about all of this, though, is the praise and value I felt by not only my peers and the regulars, the regular carriers, but like other leadership throughout different offices that came out of nowhere. I I started getting text messages from supervisors and postmasters from other offices that I helped out, like helped out these past couple of days. And they're like, hey, I heard you did a thing. Is there anything we can do to help you? I'm like, for one, how'd you know that I quit? And two, I'm good. I really appreciate it. I, I thank you for your help and supporting me with whatever I end up doing, but I, I'm done with the post office. And they're like, well, if you ever decide, you have a spot. So, well, that that's good. That's good. So I'm like, well, that's a good fallback. But like, I've never felt this appreciated by the post office until 
they knew I was leaving. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. That's kind of weird. So is it really just like where you were at? Like your supervisors were really the problem, I guess? Ultimately, a lot of people quit because of their their leadership, right? A lot of people leave their workplaces because of their management. Yeah, that's just, the number yeah. one reason. Yep. Yeah. So for me, it was more like, yeah, it was my leadership. But for the most part, like, it, I just felt unappreciated. Like, the only times I request time off, I never got. And if going forward in my life, this is my future, where it could take me years to become a regular carrier. And if that, I'm watching these regular carriers work more than they need to because they don't have a choice. I don't want that life. It's just I want to. Yeah, I don't want that system. You didn't want to be part of. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I did a thing, and it's. It feels so good, but, but, and this is me before knowing that I'm going to get another job. I have another one lined up. It starts in two weeks and it is a risk because it's not what I'm doing now. Obviously, well, it did before, which is a guaranteed job until I decide to quit. This one is temporary for the time being with, you know, possibilities of actually retaining the position going forward. But the, the plus side is that I'm working nine to five. Uh, weekends off, holidays off, a little bit more, uh, more pay, not as much, but more pay. And then the best part is that I get to go into work with my wife. Okay. So I'm not going to see her, but like, you know, we can commute together and then I'll see you and I get to work from home some days. So I, I don't, I don't see like why I wouldn't, why, why I would pass that up. Like I, this is exactly one I wanted. And it's a risk that although I might not see something at six months time, it's something to add to my resume if I decided to continue going into that industry. And but it's it's me getting out of a toxic environment, in which I don't want to find myself, which is a huge, huge risk that I know Ninja has previously gone through and Claire has currently gone through. And Greg, of all people on this panel, fulfilled what he wanted to do after his education, which I don't know, Greg, if you want to talk about that, about how you risked it all to do what you love because that's essentially what we all want to do in life right yeah i think so I'm, first of all i'm proud of you for what you did for you know obviously seeing that you only have one chance in this life and you don't want to waste it working for the postal service regardless of what company it is um my situation was one that i went to school thinking that i knew what i wanted to do for a living i went to school for finance uh, got my degree in that. I got a job in that right as the economy was crashing upon us and in the Great Recession. So that was really amazing getting that. I worked through that for a while while I was constantly questioning like what my passion is in life because personal finance was something that I always loved. But my idea was getting people out of debt as opposed to putting people in debt. And I worked in a, in a place that did loans. And as much as people appreciated me in the way that they appreciate you, Shy, it's like, I don't really believe in what I'm doing here. And I stayed there because it was it was stable. And uh, eventually I took a promotion, at which point I was really just uh, just miserable managing other people. I realized like I've always been the type of person that wants to be like the lone wolf to go out and get the kill, you know, and bring it home yourself. I don't want to report to someone. I don't want people reporting to me because most people that report to you, unfortunately, in a lot of circumstances, I found them to be somewhat incompetent, at least the place that I went into. And it was it was just terrible. But luckily, I had this thing that I had found, and I had found my passion leading up to this, and that thing was YouTube. I found YouTube way back in the day, like before I even started my job, and I got just uh, 
in, in uh, so involved in these people that were doing vlogs, specifically daily vlogging. And I, it felt like you were part of their family. And I loved it so much that when we bought our first house in 2011, I decided that I would just start documenting things. And I, I, I just kept going at it and I was having so much fun. And I had a couple of videos that started kind of doing well. It was when we brought our chocolate lab Roxy home, who's now 10 years old. So you can see how long I've been doing this now. Uh, but that video did well. And in 2012, I started seeing some money from YouTube. And I was like, holy smokes, this is incredible. I got a $100 check from making videos, which is the thing that I love to do and was passionate about. So I kept doing that while I was working my job. And by like 2015, 2016, things had really like started to do well. A couple videos had popped and things were on the up and up. It wasn't like what I was making at my job, but it was getting there. And in 2017, I had taken this promotion. I was miserable in life in the same way that Shy was. Maybe not for the same reasons, but I just realized like, this isn't what I want to do with my life. I'm not happy doing this. And at the same time, I kind of lost my babysitter because my mother-in-law was watching my son and he, uh, she had to take care of her mother. So all of a sudden we needed a new babysitter. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to try this YouTube thing. So it was me at home with my son. And we just started making videos together all the, all the time, including Lego videos. I jumped from making vlogs, which I'm still doing, to into this world of Lego, trying to rekindle my childhood passion for this thing. Because for me, Lego was a time in my life that I had no worries or concerns. I could melt hours away just playing with these little pieces of plastic. And I wanted that in my life again and to return to that, that time when life was simple. And we started making videos in the Lego space and that video or that, that channel started doing really well. And it was just like, holy cow, this is all coming together. And I just been doing it since and it's it's been an amazing ride. And I'm just like super appreciative that I can do this. And I really do feel like I've I've found my calling in life through this. And mm -hmm. it's hard to it's hard to first find what the thing is you want to do, but then to find that and to somehow make money from it is it's wild times that we live in, my friends. Yeah. So yeah. it is so true. That's the story, I guess. That's awesome. That's like the, the, what's it called? The like professional turn YouTuber, like dream, I guess, you know, you did it like, a, like it makes sense. Like you have to, you can't just like drop everything and go, which I think a lot of people want to do. You know what I mean? You want to just like, like, but you, you, you can't, you can't do that. Like there's, you, you have to work until you can like financially support yourself mm -hmm. doing this. I mean, like, I don't, yeah, anyway, but um, there were a couple things related yeah. to that. I I had a major focus at the time, my obsession. I've always been obsessed over something. Mm -hmm. And my obsession was getting out of debt because I was working in a place that people were happy to go into debt. Like, oh, I'll, I'll borrow, you know, $4,000 to go on vacation. I'm just like, what are you doing? No, don't what? do this. But they're happy to do it. And I was like, you know what? I'm doing the opposite. I'm going to get myself completely out of debt. So if I d ever do want to be free in this world, whether it's from this job or whatever, you can't do that when you're owing people money when you're a slave mm -hmm. to a lender. So I worked really hard and we sacrificed a lot to get ourselves to a position where I, I've, I was married at the time too. I should, I should probably specify that because that also helped. My wife had a very stable job as a teacher mm -hmm. and she also had our health insurance and benefits there. So yeah. my thing, I felt like even if this whole thing fell flat, because with YouTube, it could still happen. Like tomorrow they could be like, okay, we're, we're done, which is unlikely, but possible. I wanted to make sure that we could survive on her income if we needed to. Luckily, mm -hmm. it hasn't come to that point, but that was one of the things and shy talking about taking risks. I think that's one thing that helps is make sure you kind of have your budget planned out. Make sure you're in a space where you're not going to lose everything and be living outdoors going forward <laughs> or in your car. 
and and if you if you have somebody else that can help you with this, like I, I wouldn't be doing any of this if it wasn't for my wife. So if anybody mm -hmm. has ever watched one of my videos in the past like five years, it's because of her. Shout out to Mrs. Brickatech. Yep, she's the one. Otherwise, I pr I probably would have been too scared. I'd been like, well, I I, I got a health insurance, right? I, I yeah, shout out to the strong women in our lives. Yeah, they're yeah. they're incredible. But so, I mean, she she is doing she's work, well, not really working for the man unless you consider the her job and profession is very admirable. She's and she's and she's putting the work in to allow me to do this. And I've talked to her before. I've been like, hey, let's just go all in on this. And she's like, no, no, I this is how I find value. I love teaching kids, and that's what she wants to do. So yeah, yeah, she actually she she wants to be there. Probably a smart move, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, become a YouTuber. I try to tell everybody. I try to convince everybody. But uh, I, I found that you can only really convince people to make videos that really want to make videos. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, you're the reason why I'm here, technically. So uh -huh. uh, you're the yeah, reason well, why I'm here right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> there we go. Full, 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 full uh, circle on that one. Yeah, because I started watching Greg's World videos before I found Brick Tech. Um, way like back when I, I don't remember the first video i saw I, it was, had to do with your house like doing stuff to your house it was just on it was recommended i watched it and i got sucked into whatever and then it was just kind of sporadically like changing as, as you progress and then i found out you did lego but by the time i realized you were doing you had a lego channel that was when clark was on it i didn't see prior clark right. so you you did take some risks there um going in different directions with falling back um claire now I don't know if you want to get into this, but you did, you did leave your profession. I did not a hundred percent. Yeah. It's not like I, I don't, I didn't like what I was doing. I totally liked what I was doing. You know um, it was, there's, there's a few different reasons. I had lost my ability to develop a uh, work-life balance and I had cross the boundaries between work and life so many times over the course of five years that I was at this company that I had burned myself out like extraordinarily so and um, about six months before COVID oh, maybe eight months before COVID really started I had achieved that work-life balance a little bit more I was you know um, taking care of like my health and my mental health and and socializing with my friends and not missing out on like key life events because I wasn't working 100 hour weeks anymore. You know, I would wake up in the morning, open my laptop and go until maybe 11 o'clock at night and then wake up at six and just keep going just constantly, constantly on the phone, constantly uh, training new staff. Um, and then so I was um, I was in like a managerial position, which I loved. I do like training people that I do like, but um, also having to do like, you know, the work that they were doing, you know what I mean? Like it was like full top to bottom and the people that I was training would go to um, other managers who didn't know how to use the software that we use. So the people that I would train would not get, to, usually they get to benefit you. You know, you, you teach someone, you know, how to, how to fish and then they fish for you. And then you go and like, you know, create like a fish empire. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're supposed to like be able to pass on the skills and I wasn't able to do that. And so because of politics and history and hierarchy, um, I was still overworking and still doing the bottom of the tier stuff while also doing top of the tier stuff, you know, which is, which is great. Cause I can do, I can do it all and I'm full circle and I'm very recession proof. When I'm going to cut you off right there. Now, is that working smarter? Same question gave to me Ooh. last time. 
No, it totally. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to throw that in your face. You can only do that for so long, right? Before it's not smart anymore. Because you have to. The thing is, is like, so when when the recession comes around <laughs> or when there's like a dips in the economy, like there have been here, um, architects are the first to go because construction stops, right? And so if construction stops, then design doesn't need to happen. And, um, you know, anyway, it, it ebbs and flows. But like in 2008, 40% of the architects in San Francisco were laid off immediately, done. And so, um, you know, yeah. And so that was when I was like graduating as well. And so I, or undergrad. And so I knew that that was the case. I couldn't find a job in um, the United States. I was privileged enough to leave the country and I ended up learning all the software that I could. So I'm like very much ahead of the curve. Like most people don't have the experience that I do with the software. So anyway, so I ended up burning myself out, um, which was my fault. The boundary, oh, sorry. The boundaries, the boundary thing is that's my problem. I um, was single at the time. Um, I only had to report to myself. I was out of a relationship and I just dove into this job and essentially started a relationship with this job. You know what I mean? Like that kind of emotional dependency on it. Um, I'm what? in that with you too, basically. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. right now. Yeah. You have to be, you have to be really careful with that stuff because you have to, you have to be able to, I think, stand independently of what you're doing. You know what I mean? And like, even though things bring you joy and like, like I love architecture. I, you know, I threw myself into it, not because, you know, it's like financially lucrative. I threw myself into it because I loved it. And I chose a company where it wasn't like design frou-frou stuff. We were actually getting projects built. So there's like massive buildings around the city that I've done, which is awesome. It's like some kind of crazy narcissistic thing, but it's cool, you know, but mm -hmm. separate from that, like I, I realized that, you know, I wasn't in a relationship. I wasn't um, on the path that I wanted to take. And then at the end of the day, what is actually like important to me? And it wasn't building high-end condos for rich people in San Francisco. Like that wasn't, that's not giving me purpose. You know, I, I studied design and space planning and, and, you know, art and that, that's what gave me joy. And at my job, what I liked was actually just like working with people and training people and, and I liked my friends that I had there, you know, and, and I'll have those friends like that. They're not going anywhere, you know, like if I'm not there anymore, but um, the truth is I'm, I'm burnt out and I got burnt out and, and I just made the decision to leave and take a three month sabbatical. And that's now over. Like I was actually supposed to go back this past Tuesday and instead of <laughs> going, I told them that I was uh, not coming back anytime soon. And they were super supportive. Unfortunately, oh, yeah, unfortunately, my, our CEO in the last month has been going through some pretty serious health stuff. But what it and he's gonna be okay. But what it did is it his perspective changed entirely on how that does that, huh? Yeah, and he'd never really experienced anything like that before. And so he um, he was a lot more open-minded and was like, yeah, whatever capacity you want to come back later, we can have a conversation, which is great. It's um, it, You can't... It's nice to fall back. Yeah, you yeah. want to like be able to leave things on that kind of, you know, those kind of terms. So that was really great. And, you know, I'm still friends with everybody. I'm going to go into the office, say hi. You know, it's, it's not a big deal. Um, but, you know, I'm only saying this because I don't think that they are listening, but um, I decided a couple weeks ago that I'm going to be making the transition into my own company. So um, okay. I'm still going to stay in the architecture world, but do my own thing and do it at my own pace. And that's taking a risk right there also. That's yeah. A huge, that's a huge yeah. risk starting your own business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little bit afraid, but there's like, I have, um, I'm really lucky. I have some connections well, I mean, I've been working for like, you know, a long time. So I have some connections 
and um yeah it'll be it'll be okay it'll be it'll be slow um but yeah i i i basically like in working so much you don't actually end up spending a lot of money because you don't go out you don't travel you don't do a lot and so my savings are it all lego uh, well now yeah but like so my savings are okay where i was like okay i can like do this and not have the same income for like a year and i'll be okay which is like super privileged that i can do that most people can't do that and so that's like kind of the direction that i'm at so i'm like if this doesn't work out in the next like year if i don't see any growth then i'll go back or do something else or like i don't know transition to tech which is like a lot of my friends did that you know there's so many different spaces for like the design training now which is really nice so i don't know i mean at the end of the day you this is what i learned um mm-hmm. this this past time around because you know i left lego at a very it really messed me up inside because I, I didn't know my value at, anymore um mm-hmm. it completely threw me to the left and i was unsure of myself mm-hmm. what the post office taught me is that i am capable of working hard i do mm-hmm. work hard it solidified that like mm-hmm. what all the doubt that i had from lego um, mm-hmm. was erased by working at the post office mm-hmm. and it was solidified at the end when I left. Uh, and it was, it was, um, reinforced, I guess, by, by, by praise and, and thank yous. So, but at the end, and which I was telling the other people who were my peers is that the post office is very number one thing about the post office. Time is the most important thing for them. You know, you have to finish at a certain time. You know, if you, if we have to split a route up, it's, you know, you have, you're taking an hour and a half, you're taking an hour and a half, you're taking an hour and a half. Everything's measured in time, just like movie time. But the most important thing, if to the, if the post office is time, the employees, the carriers, their time is just an important, is just, if not more important than theirs. Mm-hmm. And they have to know that otherwise they're going to be taken advantage over. So mental space is very important. And that was one of the things I was trying to tell my supervisors. I'm like, one of the things that was, uh, I was asked about is like, how do you, how do we fix um, or reinforce safety? Cause there's too many people getting accidents. People are falling down. Like, you know, people are just getting injured. Mm-hmm. And what she wanted to do was to prevent that. And what's one way to do that. And I'm like, well, you let us rest because if I'm exhausted, I'm not going to be carrying up caring about all these policies i'm supposed to be paying attention to to keep myself safe i'm actually fall asleep and crash <laughs> or i might not pay attention to the dog that's about chasing me like that's chasing me from behind like i'm tired I, more injury is going to happen when you're tired so your your time your mental capacity your physical capacity is super important way more important than your work life and a lot of people forget that i forgot that i forgot that I need to take care of myself. And not only that, you guys taught me like everyone in this space, like everyone we talk to, like mm-hmm. bricks are set at the best. Like, you know, you know, your value, like know what you're capable of. Don't settle for someone taking advantage of you and then take the time that you need, like to yourself. That's a good and point. I- actually. I think one thing to realize, and you're going to realize this if you haven't already shy is that, even if you quit a job, even if that there's never any chance of you going back there, you're still employable. You can do whatever you want. There's still someone out there that's going to hire you. You're an architect, guaranteed there's a job for you out there. So if you're not happy with where you're at, and if it, it's, it's sad in both your cases because it seems like they would still have employees if they maybe hired an extra person. If you weren't doing two people's jobs at once, Shy would still be delivering mail. We probably wouldn't be here right now. He'd probably be out delivering mail. But instead, they're like, let's pile this all on, maybe because they have to. And 
now look what could happen. Or you think it's, but you're employable. Just remember that. Yeah. So if anybody's thinking about making that jump and you're scared to, you're you're probably not going to lose it all. You can go get a job. Everywhere around here, at least in my space, is hiring. Even the post office. Today I went there to the post office box. Nineteen oh six an hour to become a rural carrier. You know, it's maybe you don't want to do that based on what Shy is saying. But <laughs> I'm not downgrading the the, the the post office guys. It is a good career if you decide to do that. But sure. not when you have small children and you want to spend no. time. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to give up way too much, it seems. Yeah, and no. the important things. Mm-hmm. What were we saying, Ninja? Uh, Forgot. Uh, what? <laughs> well, I mean, so yeah, I, I agree with what yeah. you're saying, though. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can say anything. Well, I was going to say that uh, we do have something to fall back on. All three of us, Ninja. I don't know what your educational background is, but like myself, Greg, you have a bachelor's, right? Mm-hmm. It's a bachelor's, and then yeah. Claire is, has a level way a level way above that. So we do have something to fall back on if we really choose to, right? Sure. If we wanted to go back to it, so that's another thing that kind of added to to that that we are still hireable in those fields if we decide to go that way. I don't think I am, <laughs> but um, I would consider I would consider yeah. that a loss if I had to go back into uh, working in the real world. I suppose is I don't that kind of sounds bad, but for me. Like it's almost like you were a bird in a cage and then you got to fly around and see there's another world out there. You mm-hmm. don't want to go back in there again. Yeah. So do you think like if you were to do it differently, would you do the same type of education? If I could go back, I probably wouldn't go to college. Why is that? Cause I feel like I spent an incredible amount of money to get a piece of paper that didn't mean a whole lot, you know, like I think a lot of places, what's more important to them than education. And I don't say this to deter anyone from going to college because it can be very valuable, but I think experience is the most important thing. I think if you show up mm-hmm. and you're uh, and you're a person like shy, for example, that's a go-getter, they're going to recognize that and instantly be, be open to hiring you without an education that they expect from you. Depending on what you do, yeah, You're not I, yeah. A doctor or an architect maybe, but you can get a job. You'll survive. It's hard though because it's like you actually like as a person going to college now, you have to make that decision because it's like it's so expensive. It's like it's such a privilege to go right, and mm-hmm. so it, it, you have to weigh. It's not just an automatic like yeah, college is the answer for everybody, which is kind of like at least when I was growing up, that was kind of the rhetoric or the brainwashing that was done, and yeah. because like you know my family could afford to send me to college. Yeah, that was the right decision, but that's not the right decision for everybody. You know what I mean? If it's like, it is, Mm -hmm. there's, you don't go to college for a philosophy degree and go into debt for the rest of your life. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I think those degrees are incredibly important and need to stay, but you need to like, unfortunately they probably need to stay for the rich white people. You know, it's like, that's it because it's like, that's the reality, unfortunately. And that's a problem. That's like a systemic problem that we have, but like, it doesn't make sense for someone to graduate with an English degree and then have to work at a coffee shop. Like that doesn't, I, what? Yeah. You That's know? the decision you need to make. It's like, yeah. as prices of education go up, how much are you willing to spend to get a job that pays $50,000 a year? Are you willing to spend $200,000 to do yeah. that? I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a decision you need to make, but I think it's getting harder to make that decision and say yeah. yes on it. With yeah. my situation, my parents didn't go to college. So it was always like, you're going to college, you're going to college, even mm-hmm. if you don't know what you want to do right away. Yeah, and, that. and that's pretty darn hard to figure out. Like, Hey, I'm going to do this for the next 50 years. Yeah. And you I don't think, know. No. You think that kind of forced you guys to choose something? Cause like, like you said, now you're not even using that degree. Yeah. So. It's a shame. I, 
I switched. So I went in and like, I loved science and I loved um, engineering. And so I ended up doing bioengineering for a few years and I didn't like the environment. It wasn't for me. And I like, didn't realize I was like a designer at heart. And so I had a friend luckily who was an architect. So I'd like go into his studio and like, he'd like show me like stuff. And I like wanted to break it. I was like a child. I was super jealous. And then I was like, Oh, that's the feeling I'm having, you know, like, Oh, wow. Um, And then, so that's, I was lucky in that sense. But the, the reality is like, yeah, no, my parents were the same thing. It's like, you're going to college no matter what, you can figure out what you're doing later. And like, that's it. But, but you know, there are other things that are learned in college. I will say it's not just the degree that you're getting. You're getting like the discipline of like waking up yeah. in the morning and going to class because you'll fail out if you like don't do that properly. And a lot of people don't have that inherently. Like a lot of people can get through high school without doing that. And then also there's like the social aspect and learning how to interact with other people and like the networking part of it. So there's like all these like other levels that you're learning yeah, um, if you are fully engaged in it. The thing is, is you can do it without doing those things, right? It's yeah, not like- that's true. You know, you can take whatever route. So, you know, I'm not trying to like, you know, just totally crap on our higher education system. There are issues, and but there are huge benefits of doing it. So like, but if you do go into it, you get a computer science degree, you get out of it, you're going to be getting a job paying $100,000 a year in the Bay Area. You got it. That's that's a, that's it. You are eight, you're 22 years old making $120,000. Like what right. is, that's a different problem that we can deal with. You know, <laughs> that's being created here but like that's incredible and like that's how much my friend she graduated from stanford yes at stanford yes she worked her butt off yes she was able to pay for that kind of education her parents were but like she we were 22 it was 2008 and she was making one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year yeah and like people know that now people know that computer science Uh like you know, great. when we went to school it wasn't like as obvious you know it was like my parents were like engineer accounting that's it <laughs> yeah no i totally get that my my father so no, i joined the marine corps. happy yeah yeah i joined the marine corps uh wanting to be an officer right because i wanted to be a pilot that was my initial attention to join the marine corps but then 9-11 happened and it kind of flipped everything so I, I went into the Marine Corps or I went to the recruiting office at a, as a 16 year old. Cause I was going to graduate at 17. I'm like, I want to join the Marine Corps. I want to be in the infantry. This is what I want to do. I signed everything. But since I wasn't 17, since I wasn't 18 at the time, my parents had to sign for me. So out of all the veterans in my family, there were no officers. They were all enlisted. So what they wanted, they, what they expected of me was for them to sign off for, to, for me to do what I wanted in the Marine Corps. I have to have a degree. Like they want me to be, have a degree. They want me to go to college. They want me to be an officer. So I had a lot of family pressures to like have a formal education, not knowing exactly what I wanted to do. And it was really hard to figure out what exactly that was going to be. Because even though having a degree, uh, getting a degree was important to them. I needed a degree. It really didn't matter what it was to become an officer in the military. So at that point, it's just trying to figure out, okay, this is not my primary focus. It's just a focus to be able to function in the military. Cars weren't in my favor anyways, because I didn't have 20-20 vision. So that kind of went out the window. But becoming an officer was still something that my family wanted of me. So, you know, I went reserve instead. And then unfortunately for them, I kept getting activated because it was early 2000s. So we, we all know what happened there with Iraq and Afghanistan. So... I, I fulfilled my active duty service, continued with college, and then I figured I'd do law, right? That That's pretty much a safe bet and going to that way. But like, it just, again, it just wasn't the cards. Like something is just, it's just not meant to be 
for you. And I kind of, it's kind of too late. I, I wish I can take it all back and do something totally different. It's never too late. Totally different. Yeah. yeah. I wish I never, I, like the one thing that college taught me was to critically think. And I think that was all I got out of it was to not take anything at face value. Cause I, there were countless times when I come, cause I was older when I went into college. Like I wasn't like as 18 year old going to sitting in a classroom. I was like mm-hmm. 22, 23, 24, 25. So I had a little bit, just a little bit of life experience. So then the things I would hear people say, I'm like, what? So mm-hmm. I, I consistently get annoyed by viewpoints of people. And I kept that to myself and I just did my work and I left. But like, I, I, that's the only thing that really taught me was to not take anything at face value, whether it came from the professor or your peers as students. And that was it. Oh, I, I, I write good. I guess. I do think Claire brought up a good point though, because it's, it's hard at, at 30 some years old to be like, you know, college was just a piece of paper. You'd almost have to like go back in time and not do it to see if you would have turned into a different person. Cause maybe there was something there that you learned or the discipline or whatever that it may have taught you. But I think there's a certain type of people and shy. You seem like this type of person that, you don't need to be taught to mm-hmm. be a hard worker. And because that's what a lot of college is, is teaching you responsibility because you're kind of on your own high school. They hold your hand college. Mm-hmm. They hold your hand less, I suppose, but you don't know. You don't know how things would have turned out. So it's true. Yeah. So like, think about it from the other end. Yeah. yeah that's fair. Yeah. I, 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 I just remember, I remember like people like, especially freshman year failing out because they like couldn't handle having to make the decision for themselves to like do their laundry, you know, clean their room, go to class on time, not go drinking all night, not, you know, not go partying and, and like not play video games all day. You know what I mean? Like I remember there was like waves of people that would fail out because what's a better place to learn that at where you're spending thousands of dollars a semester or at McDonald's where you just got your first job and then you don't show up, don't do your laundry, don't pay your rent. You're much better yeah. off getting out of the real world and learning those hard lessons than learning in a place where you're paying to learn those lessons. The ramifications yeah. are a lot less if you're learning those like at McDonald's because you're not like losing, obviously, as you're not like in the hole, you know, the right. same. Yeah, way. sure. You're not you just get fired and then you go work at Burger King the next week. Yeah. 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 Oh, crap. I need to do a good job. I need yeah, to, I need to actually show up. That's yeah. There's like there's a, there's like shame with failing out of school, too, which is yeah. it shouldn't that shouldn't happen. You know what I mean? Like that as well, because it's like, I feel like for our generation, that was a, that was a thing when we were all students. Employers definitely look at if you finished school. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't verify unless it's like a profession. So it's just like, Mm -hmm. you could literally just put anything on. If you were just go for like a a job, like are they really, I think like one out of all three of my career choices, they actually verified my, my certificate. Or my, my bachelor's in science, but that, that I think was they it. just like to see it. It shows them that you are a person that one took the time, expense, effort, and you were dedicated enough to stick to something. Therefore, that should mm-hmm. probably translate into the work field as well. Yeah, unfortunately, that also interviewer. <laughs> Make sure you're a good interview, guys. If you do have all that stuff, because ultimately it comes down to your conversation with that person in that interview. That first impression. Hashtag sense. Yeah. Shout out. Um, so, with that being said. How do you guys feel about our educational system? Because obviously it's not the same on how we view it, viewed it back then. As as adults, working adults who have lived life, have res- real, real responsibility. Otherwise, people, you know, get hurt. Um, would you like the education system to change? 
as far as focus is concerned. Because I feel like a lot of kids just don't know adulting stuff that they should be learning out of high school. Like, oh how to get a loan. My wife's an 11th grade English teacher. And the things like these, these kids, they're one year out of going to the real world. And what I see and what she tells me, it's just like, how is this even possible? Right. Yeah. It's, it's really bad. I don't know. And you can only Parents? do so much as a teacher. But these yeah. days, I think it's even harder because you're competing with the, an intention span that is shrunk down further and further mm-hmm. due to YouTube, TikTok, everything. How do you stand in front of kids and talk to them for 40 minutes when they're used to flipping a, you know, swiping to get to the next video in the next two seconds? Yeah. It's, it's terrible. No, it is. It's- I think personal finance is something that they should teach like in freshman year. That should be mandatory. Yeah. How to open a checking account? How do credit cards work? How to how does APR rate? (laughs) Learn it before you make it. But here's to be fair, I I agree that that should be learned, but I it doesn't resonate until you're doing that yourself with your own money. That's a thing. You know what I mean? That's a good point. Other than credit cards, if you could warn them ahead of time on that, that would be yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, how to establish proper credit? Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, I, mean? I dealt with people in their, you know, in their forties, fifties that still didn't know how to do that. Yeah, a lot of people, and and then there's there's like fear base. It's like you 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 know that it's bad, so you don't do anything, and that's also equally bad because then you have mm-hmm. no credit, and then you yeah, can't do anything. Yes. And it was like the intentions were so good to like mm-hmm. you know not get into debt, but then you have no credit, and it's like our that's what our country runs on. It that, it's fundamental, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. So yeah. <laughs> If I, I didn't have a, like, I went to buy a house and they're like, you have no credit. I was like, yeah. oh, I needed that. Oops. Okay. Yep. I'll be back. Having no credit is sometimes as bad as having bad credit. Yeah. yeah. Like my, without my, like my parents taught me all that other stuff, all the supplementary stuff, but not everybody has that. You know what I mean? Like, I remember like when, you know, I'm Jewish, so I had bought mitzvah and I made like a little bit of money or not made. It was gifted a, bit, a little bit of money, you know, from the family or whatever. It was like a couple thousand dollars, which is like, an absurd amount of money and like all my other like friends in school were like they went and spent it on like abercrombie and fitch or a trip to disneyland or something like that my parents were like we're opening you an e-trade account and you're gonna learn how the stock market works and i was like nice you make a great (laughs) point about parents though because i think a lot of it comes down to that unfortunately a lot of these kids either have one parent at home that Mm -hmm. parent's probably working a lot maybe they're taking care of other siblings as well and if you don't have that, it's really difficult for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it totally. And a lot of parents are just busy working, and they can't put the time into their kids. Unfortunately, it also helps with people you're surrounded by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you're mm-hmm. if the people you're the surrounded crowd. by spending money, like it's cool. Sometimes you want to compete, or you want to be at that level. Yeah. Um, you know, and like, things like that. And, and if they're not, you know, uh, there is a thing that's out there where you don't discuss your finances out loud. You know, that's a that's a cultural thing. It's a taboo. Yeah, it's a taboo, but I think it it is important at times because it teaches you how to be responsible with your finances. Like it, it teaches you, like okay, it can motivate you or it can demotivate you. But I mean, like it's it's very important. Like for example, like Marines, right? When we come out, a lot of Marines enter the work, enter the military, like at 17, 18, 19 years old, for the most part. We don't know squat. We're we're, we're, we're we are what I call stupid adults. You don't know you don't know anything. These kids come back from deployments making close to 50 60 70 80 thousand dollars just sitting in their bank account untaxed so it's just sitting there and a lot of the times what they do is that they just spend all their money like i did my first time i just blew it in vegas buying extremely expensive things and no one although 
my parents did teach me proper financing, it didn't help that my peers were also doing the same thing. Like, let's all go party in Cancun or let's all go party in wherever. Let's That's let's all go to the crazy. club and just waste it on drinks. Like it, it didn't help that my peers were also doing the same thing. And like this is the one thing that we're teaching young Marines now as I got into it, become you know, became into leadership positions like as an NCO, is that you need to keep your Marines away from the dealership outside the bases because they have the stupid APR rates. You need to make sure that they're learning how to properly spend their money, setting stuff aside. Like, but that's a new thing. So like it, it does it does help when you have people who are responsible with their finances surrounding you. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I don't, there's there's no shame in saying you can't afford something and communicating yeah. with like the people around you when they're like your friends are like I want to go to this restaurant or like it's okay just like it's fine to say that like nobody's gonna disrespect you for it and if they are then get rid of them they're they're yeah, not, they're not in they're toxic for you yeah they're, they're toxic. gonna be judging you by your by yeah. your superficial yeah. like you know successes i mean it, it really comes down to you want the people who are real around you and if they can't if they really want to go there then they're yeah. there and they want you to be with them they're going to cover your costs or they're going to choose something that's more affordable all the way around exactly like, i was going to yeah. say like if you and if you're the kind of person who can afford things like ask your friends be like is this acceptable like you know like make it so it's a safe space for them to say that it's like not okay or like that it, they can't afford it or whatever you know it's not your responsibility to pay for them to do things but it is your responsibility to open that dialogue as well and make it seem like you're not pressuring them i think that that is absolutely a thing it yeah. just it shouldn't it just, like money shouldn't i mean money shouldn't be taboo like the problem is there's like a a fear base you know what i mean like you know in, in this country we're all very independent you know what i mean like we were it we're not as community driven as i think a lot of other places for the good and the bad and um you kind of kind of feel like people are always trying to take something from you in a way and so um i think when people start making money they start feeling that way and i think that's when it starts to be taboo because you like don't want to share this thing that you have or whatever you know what i mean like and so people feel vulnerable when they share things like that but um I think there's certain ways to carry yourself so that you're not vulnerable. I, th- I mean, it also comes from like what you were, you mentioned like a while ago where yeah. you ran into a friend who pretty much judged you for the decision that you made because you're not like, she's like a, a ER doctor or whatever. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. yeah, And they yeah. were pretty much, you told them what you were doing yeah. and then they pretty much had like this judgment in their face or in their, mm-hmm. in their di- dialogue that was just very one inappropriate, but you know, you're not making, you're not the same level of money. So why should I be talking to you? Like that, that is really saddening to see in our culture where you're judged by your profession. That's my least favorite question you get when you meet someone is what do you do for a what living? You? you know, they're instantly judging you on how much money you make and where you stand in the, the yes, and no. yes and no yes and no i i do think it's also like an easy question like an easy conversation starter for like you know what i mean but oh, I that's do- true because then it yeah. leads to other yeah. conversations like yeah. oh you're a garbage man any throw away anything cool or see anything cool in the trash you know it's like it's one of those things i suppose yeah. Yeah, it's like so. It's like, what do you do? Like, I, I don't know. Like, because I've definitely, I've definitely found myself asking it just to be like, you know, what do you do? I, I like, you kind of mean to be like, what do you do with your, with your, with your life? Like, what do you do day to day? Like, I want to know more about you. You know what I mean? But then it, but it's, it does also mean like, it, especially like in like a dating scenario. You know, like, what do you do? Doesn't come off like in a positive way. It's like, are you a good investment? You know what I mean? Like, oh, how much debt yeah. do you have? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you, are you financially responsible? Can you tell when you're dating if it's a, a conversation one or if it's one where they're judging you? Usually you can. I don't know. But like that's that's totally presumptuous of me to probably say that. But I don't know. I think that a lot of people like 
in the Bay Area, it's really common for people to be like, what do you do? And it's coming from a place of judgment. So it is, it's really hard because a lot of people here are like ultra educated, like doing really well, like working in tech, everybody works in tech. And then you find out, they're find out you're, you don't work in tech and they're like, oh my God, you're a unicorn. And it's like, do you think there are other industries that need to support your industry like it's kind of the same like you live in an apartment don't you someone had to build it like someone else has to clean it someone else has to feed you like who do you think does that um but they're so, all below that person so that a, apparently happen. exactly but then but those people are like super super like everyone is equal like we need to like treat everyone the same way but there's like homeless people on the street and we walk over them and so <sighs> it's it's very it, there's there's a dichotomy of 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 thought and there's a um clash of values here that are inherently hypocritical and i am also part of the problem it's very hard it's very hard to not you know kind of get swept up around you because it's like i quite literally live in an ivory tower and there's like homeless people around me you know what i mean and it's like it's a nice ivory tower though yeah but you know it's hard it's like you know like you have to make enough money to survive here but then do you like, how do you, what do you sacrifice when we have systems in place and people here that don't want to take part in them? You know what I mean? Like, they, they don't want to go to the shelters. They don't, that's, uh, yeah. the, no one wants to do that. People want to be outside. <clears throat> to be honest, a lot of homeless people are kind of choosing that life. Like, yes, yes, there are. I think the mental health issues is like, that's a separate, you know, there's like the, the people that are choosing to be homeless. And then there's like the ones that just like can't function. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, we don't yeah. have, yeah, there's, yeah. It's pretty bad yeah. Also. and I think it gets blended a lot, you know, great. Do you but... guys have a homeless problem over there? No, you don't see it. Huh? I've, yeah. I've in our area. I mean, we, I'm in a rural, you guys are obviously in California. I'm in Pennsylvania in a very rural part of Pennsylvania. I've, I really have never seen a homeless person in our do area. Do you think, do you think it's in, oh, obviously more in the metropolitan areas. That's an obvious thing, but I mean, do you see it when you go to Philly last time you went there the past year? You don't I have too. Even, I don't even. I haven't really even been into downtown Philly. We've. It, we, I go to Philly Brickfest, but that is like it's kind of on the outskirts. It's, it's in Oaks, Pennsylvania, I believe, is what that is. Mm-hmm. But I imagine that it exists there. Why it doesn't exist here, I don't know. Because you think like, even if you if you have a million people and you boil that down to ten thousand people, there would still be the a percentage number. Like, yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, maybe people here are more likely to live with family or to be accepted yeah. into other situations like that. Yeah, so that, that's when you're in a city, thing. so maybe I, I've never lived there, but you maybe you feel alone and you have nowhere to go, so you end up in those situations. It's a community, yeah. It's, it's community, like a community, community of sorts. Yeah, I don't know, but but yeah. Regardless, I like totally took us there. But the whole question, what do you do, is like a thing here, and it's like people joke about mm-hmm. it all the time. It's like, oh, you're so condescending when you ask that, and it's like that same person asked you that question five minutes ago. It's very weird, um, but. Anyway, so Greg, what do you, so what do you, I know I've, I've watched like a lot of like your vlogs and your, um, your podcasts and stuff where you tell people like very passionately to go and pursue their dreams and to follow that through. Um, but like, there's obviously like a level of risk, you know what I mean? And that I think you sound pragmatic in the sense that like, you're like, you know, you need to learn how to balance a checkbook. You need to learn how to credit card works. And so there's that risk between you know, doing what you love and knowing what you're capable of doing. And it's like, how do you, how do you articulate that to people? How do you tell people how to va- like 
evaluate their risk. Like that's what I have trouble with when people ask me all the time, like, oh, I want to be an architect. Oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want to do that. And you try to be like, okay, well, you have to evaluate all the things in your life. And if this outweighs that, then it makes sense. I, I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say? It's like, it's right, kind of- right. Like you're yeah. not going to jump into anything in an uncalculated way. Like I said, yeah. when I did my thing, yeah. I knew that what I was doing wasn't my path. And I knew mm-hmm. the thing that would get me to where I want to get to, or at least give me some freedom, whether it was YouTube mm-hmm. or even just switching to a different job that maybe paid less mm-hmm. was getting out of debt. So that became my focus. And I went all in on that. And had I not done that, I would have been less likely to, to, to make that move, you know, because mm-hmm. that's going to weigh you down. Like you really have to make decisions. And I read this, this book that maybe could help anybody out there that changed my life and kind of set me down the path of personal finance that I found a passion in. And that was called your money or your life. And it essentially talks about how every time that you go to your job, you're deciding that you're going to trade whatever life energy that day is. So eight hours, for example, for whatever they're willing to pay for that, (laughs) the money that then you earn, you're spending on things and you have to decide like, is that thing I'm buying worth what I gave up to get it. And if you find that that answer is no, more often than it is yes, you probably need to make a change in your life and in the way that you work. Mm -hmm. So when, when, when making a jump, you have to think like, like in Shai's case, I think he made the right decision. I don't know what his financial situation is like, but he, he wasn't living a life doing what he was doing. He's got two young kids missing out on everything. I felt a little bit of that. Like my hours weren't nearly as bad as yours, but I was missing out on that. I was coming home and my son would be in the bath and about ready to go to bed. Exactly. Uh, You know, we're not eating dinner together during the day. I'm just like miserable. And I was at the point where I was just like ready to do whatever. I was just like, I need, I need a change. And luckily Mm -hmm. I had this other thing that I've been working on. um, And then it was, it was getting progress, but nothing just comes to you. Like you can't just sit there and expect the world to open up. You have to work Mm -hmm. for that thing. So whatever you are passionate about, even if you don't know what that is, like I always tell people just take, take some steps towards that. The worst thing you can do is stay right where you are. If you're not happy, even if you go the wrong direction, at least you're going somewhere, you know, that's true. That's what do you have to lose? And you have to think of things like worst case scenarios. So for me, it was like, okay, YouTube completely shuts down. My income goes to zero. What, what can I do? I can go get a, get a job. That doesn't happen right away. We have my wife's income. I know some people don't have that, like that fallback, but you know, that, that helped obviously. But what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You're not going to die. That's the worst thing that's going to happen. That's not going to happen to you. No, that's not going to happen. But at the same time, I would say that your experience on YouTube, like with the success that you've had, is also something that you can fall back on. That is also a career. You can go work in social media. You can go sure. do that. You don't have There's to go back lot. to finance. Marketing, you know social I mean? media. It's, a big, it's hard, a big though, because I always like, even though this is like a thing that earns money and my accountant would say it's an, mm-hmm. a business, I always just view it as like my hobby. I'm just making videos of my life and putting them out there and they make money. I don't really think about it like, oh, I could turn this into this thing or whatever Maybe you cre- but you created a brand and sure. you look you look at numbers so you are learning things analytics no yeah, analytic, yeah. yeah. Sure. you're learning a lot of things that people who are getting degrees in communication are currently learning now and yeah. companies that take advantage of these social media tools do so well and like if you know what i mean it's like yeah like in the lego space we don't really have that but in other industries it, it exists so it's like you know there's different ways of getting involved and anyway I'm, I'm not saying you need to like quit youtube and do that but yeah. But I think what you, but what you were saying before in that book, it's kind of like, it's all about opportunity cost. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. what is the value and what are you losing and what, what, and I think people don't know how to evaluate opportunity costs when it comes to themselves. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it's just your time and everything that you do and everything that you decide, like how you wake up in the morning and the attitude that you take and the smile that you have on your face or the grimace or whatever it is, that's like 
that's value that you're adding or eliminating from your day. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. opportunity cost. So if like, if your job is going to turn you into a horrible human, like my hand is raised, like I get stressed out. I like cannot handle it. I am an intolerable person. And like, it, that's not worth it. Like, I don't like that yeah. person. Like, I don't want to be her. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's completely devoid of life. Like that's not the whole point. And my value and my, my definition of what a good life is, is not that. So that's, you know, that's, but, but that, but if you are that kind of person, if you love to work and you live to work and that's what you want, you know, more power to you. Like that's what, you know, we all have different definitions of what success value and good or bad is. So can I give you an air? That definition is money though. Sadly. Yeah. It is. To me, life. yeah, you because 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 we both li- it literally took us what when did we graduate high school 2004? So it is now 2021. How long did that take for us to figure but, that out? You know, how many people told me that though? Do you know how many people like said that to me? And you know, how many people, how many times I even said that to myself and I thought I understood it? Like, it's kind of like a lesson that you need to learn on your own, I think, because mm-hmm. it's it's also like a security thing. Like, maybe I was insecure and I didn't think that I was worth feeling a certain way, you know, I don't know. Um, it's well, you hard. said you were getting value from your job. You felt like that was your purpose, and that's why you were investing all your time into it. But then eventually realized, like this thing is slowly killing me. I'm getting burnt out, and I need to do something different now. Quite literally, I had to be put into the hospital. I was like, I had pneumonia, and yeah. I was out for like two weeks. I'm that what I was, and then like I used to be an athlete. You know what I mean? Like, what did I do to my body? It's like, yeah. so I mean, you said it right there. Like, you can work yourself literally to death but you you can tell yourself you can pull, pull through it but eventually eventually your body and your physicality yeah. will catch up to you sure and then worst case even the worst thing not worse but like you know humans were really resilient we get used to different scenarios and situations that we're in and we get used to feeling like crap you know what i mean like we get used to not feeling good internally like with our health we get used mm-hmm. to like the not we just kind of like are like yeah like you just, you just have to, my dad used to say this all the time because like um, my dad's career path is really interesting and maybe one day I'll bring him on here as a, as a guest. Oh, that'd but, be fun. Yeah. There's he, a lot of like, questions to ask there. Yeah. Well, he's like, he was a refugee and, you know, started from nothing and did really, really well and technically never graduated high school, but has like two degrees from Berkeley. Um, hey, so okay. he like, yeah, he used Talk to about always, taking a risk. Yeah. He used to, he used to tell me he'd be like, you just have to, pardon my language, but you just be like, you just have to eat shit for like a big chunk of your career. You just have to eat shit and then it'll work out. And that's like a mentality I think that a lot of people have. And only with like millennials have we started really, and like, you know, late gen, gen Y, I think, have started to really think outside of that. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like. Winners. I think a lot of people are realizing that right now. I see places yeah. trying to hire people that can't find employees at all. And I think it's because a lot of these younger people are just like, dude, I'm not, I'm not going to that job for $8 an hour. Yeah. I'm not going through that. I'm not <laughs> dealing with people for that. Work. And I think yeah. these companies are going to realize that you need to start paying people. Yeah. And not only that, there better be some benefits to it. Yeah. Maybe well, don't have them work 90 yeah. hours a week. That yeah. might help too. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, the, so, but I, and I know that like, if, if he, my dad's really old school. So if you like ask him about this, he'd be like, well, so my mom was really sick when we were growing up. And like, m- my parents always taught me that like you work to have health insurance and to make money to pay f- for the best health care. That was very much like 
that was the the conversation. And it made sense because my mom was going through so much stuff. And so I've always, that's always been my mentality. But then think about what I did. I literally put myself in the hospital because of my oh. job. Like it's the total opposite of what I was taught because you get lost. You know what I mean? In the rat race and the mania in the, in the, the fact that it was giving me like my, my identity was tied to my job. If I wasn't an architect, like killing it, you know, like some badass man, who was I? Well, actually, I'm a person who's had lots of experiences, but you know, you have to like kind of define it in like a different, you know, ephemeris or, you know, it's just like, it's a, a bit different. And I think we all here, we're always like, you know, what does, what do we look like on paper? And what does that mean? And, and it's so silly. It's so silly. Oh, I get it. Maybe yeah. when the question gets asked, what do you do? Your job should be the last thing you say. Well, oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. I'm, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever you may be. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's this morning. That. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Or you could just say the daily functions. Like I've definitely like if I've been in a bad mood, I've been like, well, you know, like my stomach's not feeling really well today, or so like I took some Metamucil. Or, I don't know, I'll just like, <laughs> say something like that. You know what I mean? Just to be like, you know, like what do you do? It's like well, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. But I picked up the mail. I don't know. You there's you could be a pain in the ass, or you could be sure. I've wanted to say like some really lowly positions just to just to see people's response. I mainly fear that question because I don't want to say YouTube and I don't want to have to then explain what that means. Mm-hmm. So I probably fear that question rapper. for more reasons than most. But yeah. you should say like content creator just to throw them off completely. Like I work for Google. There you go. Boom. You're not <laughs> wrong. You're not wrong. Well, technically, right? Yeah, you're not wrong. Technically, yeah, you're not. You're getting paid by them. Yeah. Yeah. They have a W, what, two, W7, nine? I can't remember. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's exactly. Just, uh, you're not really an employee, but whatever. Still. You could you know, say you're a contractor. 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 Yeah. You can say that. I'm a contractor. Oh, yeah. Great. I work, you could say I work. You know what I've been media. saying, though? This last year's worked great. I just say, oh, I work from home. And only a few people actually say, doing what? They just kind of leave it at that. You can say marketing, too, though. True. There's a lot. There's a lot of things you can say now. And I, I feel like nowadays it's. It's starting to become more prevalent with social media. That's an actual career path that is very, very, yeah. very important. And because uh, I used to laugh at people with communication degrees, but now I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah. those people are making some serious money now. Um, now that social media is a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So, well, you, you know, know every kid in school right now wants to be the next TikTok star, or yeah. YouTuber, or whatever. Yeah, because yeah, the people that because I, I remember when I was going through college, like when you would say I'm in communication, like well, what does that mean? <laughs> what do you what do you what are you doing with that oh i remember that that was like the athletes used to always do yeah 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 the cheerleaders the athletes, yeah and then i'm looking at them now I'm like they're 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 creating new networks on youtube they're creating their own like social media platforms they're really big uh bloggers or whatever like they have literally taken advantage of i don't know doing. That that's not everybody I know. That's I not everybody, but yeah. I mean, there are yeah. some <laughs> ones that I know in in, in MySpace that have done yeah. hashtag MySpace um, mm. that have been successful in that nature. And yeah, but that's that's a lot of career paths that you go to. You, there's a lot of people that don't make it. I'm, I'm one of those with in my degree, so <laughs> I'll be a statistic in that nature. But it is it is funny to see how the world with this past year has flipped with what is important and what career paths are available and needed going forward especially your work your workplace a lot of people are now just working from home and that's a thing that the previous generation was not accepting until this happened i think employers finally realized that employees don't need to have somebody 
hang it over their shoulder for them to actually get their work done. Exactly. And maybe jobs don't actually take 40 hours a week to do every single job in the country now either. You know? Totally. Totally. Exactly. And it's a good way of weeding out the people that aren't there and like don't want to be there. Do you know what I mean? Like aren't mm -hmm. mentally checked in because you have to make one little extra, like you have to do one extra step to kind of, you know, check in and it kind of eliminates the people that are incapable of doing that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. But I would, I would like to say though, that like, it is totally acceptable to, to say that you do YouTube. It is, there should, I think people should like, you know, like hold, hold their heads high because it is something that, that it, it is, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of discipline and it would be naive of anyone to think otherwise. Do you know what I mean? And it's sure. like, yeah, maybe when you get to a certain point, there are some YouTubers that upload like once a month and they still do great, but like they weren't always like that. You know what I mean? No, and it was a grind. Yeah, and, then, and there are definitely channels that are like, you know, post a video and they do really well and it seems like it came out of nowhere and there was like nothing else, but you don't know what else is there. You don't know how many channels that person tried. You don't know, you don't know any of that. So sure. it's like, it's definitely like, it's not, I do think that there was a stigma on it, but I, I do, at least here in the Bay, it's, it's really lifted in the sense it's in, in, in certain circles, you know, it's definitely lifted in a different yeah, I feel way. like it's always going to be that way. Yeah. You're always going to have those people who are going to judge you by what you do. Yeah. And not know the real thing that you could actually be making three times more than they are. They just mm -hmm. don't. They're mm -hmm. just not prevalent. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, it, it it's crazy to see our culture change with what's important. Mm -hmm. And it, I think we used to get bagged a lot as millennials by the older generations by saying that, you know, who, who we are, but as people and what our values are. But yeah, you're right. We are. We are sticking up for ourselves mm -hmm. saying what's important now with what the world's going through we're mm -hmm. the ones eventually going to be leading the country in a decade <laughs> I so, think it's going to be a good thing I, yeah I, I think it i think it will be there's we've done a lot of culture shifting in in and especially values in the past mm -hmm. couple decades and past two decades that we've been literally adults mm -hmm. and you know it's 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 crazy to see that you literally can flip the script on what's set in front of you and still succeed. I think so, it's awesome. You're doing that right now. Shy. Yeah. Well, thank you. I hope so. I hope I made the right decision because it is a risk. <laughs> a calculated risk and one that's worth taking. Yeah. Exactly. When your kids thank are growing you. up, you're going to be thankful. That's all. That's all that matters. I'll never be able to buy this time back. And that's the most important no. thing. So no. yeah. Cool. Wow. Well, I guess that's a good way to end it. Uh, does anyone else have anything to say before I do our final words? This is my favorite type of Lego podcast. The one where we don't talk about Lego at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're really good at that here. Yeah, yeah we, we hardly talk about anything Lego. Like, we'll talk about for like a split second, and then let's just get down to the realness. Down. That's of why like, keep what's my behind it. right there. Right? Keep yeah. Ninja Sick Fix is the only Lego that we talk about. Or like, a, yeah, our background. <laughs> or our room sure. behind us. So yeah. technically, we're all, we are a Lego podcast, but we don't talk about Lego at all. Yeah, yeah I was always futzing with, you know, my little Harry right? Potter character. But, see, the, but to be able to get all this, you have to be able to accumulate this somehow. So, and this comes with emotion behind it. It's not just an empty brick and we're not zombies just walking to a store and buying something. There is stuff that comes behind it that a lot of the things in our lives you know, that a lot of people don't like to talk about play into. So let's just harp on that. Mm -hmm. But if no one else has anything to say, Greg, thank you for thank being you, here. Greg. Thank mm -hmm. you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's a great conversation with you guys. <laughs> and yeah, you're always welcome to come back. If you want to yell at somebody, we'll be more than willing to debate or side with you. 
So <laughs> that being said, remember you can find this on any podcast where podcasts are available. Oh, I said it right this time. And to include iHeartRadio. So with that being said, all right, guys. Have a good evening. Peace. My bad, Ninja. I cut you off like 50 million times. <laughs> He's got like that, that mellow jazz sound. I feel like he could just do his own thing and like really relax. And it's very relaxing. It's good. It puts me to sleep literally, for sure. Just listen to what you guys.